can help. They work with people who have fair, bad, or just terrible credit, repayment history, as well as people who have no money down. That's right, no money down. They're located at 6385 North Federal Boulevard with a great auto inventory. Give them a call at 303-298-1155. That's Magic Financing Features Mago the Magician. They're open Monday through Friday until 8 and Saturdays till 7. Check them out. That's Magic Financing. Call them today at 303-298-1155. Tell them you heard about it here at KUHSDenver.com. Also visit us at www.magicfinancing.com. We're on. Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the council. I am your host, Charlie Pacello. And boy, do we have a fantastic show for you today. I'm so thrilled and excited to have both of my guests on today. Uh, you are in for a treat. Uh, before we get started, though, I would like to thank my hosts, uh, KUHS, Denver, and Henry, and everybody here at the, uh, at the station. Uh, they are amazing here. We've got some of the best programs and shows and the DJs. We've got some new guests, or excuse me, new hosts coming on. Dr. Eliza is going to be having a great show here pretty soon. You've got to tune into that. And uh, also Ignite with Melissa. She's fantastic. And just so many great people, grounded people, sharing their gifts and their talents with all of you. And we're broadcasting live here in Denver, all across the nation, and all across the world. We are being listened to this show in so many different countries and I just want to thank each and every one of you who are tuning in from wherever you're at and uh, who believe in the show and, and the message, messages behind it and just thank you. The show wouldn't be possible without you. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody knows I have a book out. It's called Meditations for Masters of the Axial Age. Excuse me, with Masters of the Axial Age. Uh, it's, it's a book that I wrote um, as, a, as a way to help people connect to the, that deeper meaning inside of them. Uh, I consider it a self-help book for the soul, and it, it taps you in and in, in gets you in touch with people that had such a major influence in our spiritual and philosophical traditions that rooted us into what we, uh, you know, a, a lot of our traditions that we experience or that we practice today, like Taoism like uh, um, uh, Buddhism and uh, the Upanishads and his Hinduism and Christianity and all of these people that, that were so influential into helping us to develop an understanding of what the soul is, what is the, what, what is the meaning of the soul, and why do we want to be concerned about that. And the ancient Greeks and Socrates, you know, they had such an uh, emphasis on connecting to the truth and why and, and, and trying to define the things like courage and virtue and temperance and, and, and all these different things, prudence, to, to help us get an understanding of that deeper meaning of what's going on inside of us. And I can't, I just love the book, I think. So the people who have bought it already have, uh, have just responded so favorably. Uh, the holidays are coming up. It would be a wonderful gift to many people. Uh, consider it. Check it out. You can buy it on Amazon.com. You can also buy it on Barnes & Noble. You can buy it at storebookbaby.com. Go to bookbaby.com. And you can get it either in print or in ebook. And it is a self-help book for the soul. And it's something that I, I just absolutely love. Hopefully it's going to be one of many books. 
Today we're going to be talking about something I absolutely am fascinated to love. When I first heard about the Tao Te Ching uh, and Lao Tzu, uh, it was something that just captured me. Uh, you know, the story of Lao Tzu, and he's also one of the, the philosophers, one of the teachers in my book, uh, you know, is, is he was this, this wise sage who was during in China, and there was the ending of the warring states right at the beginning, and he was so frustrated about what was happening in, in his culture and society, and he decided to leave, uh, and he was going across this pass. And the soldier who was watching the pass uh, was recognized him, stopped him, and recognized him as this great philosopher, this great teacher, and he says, great teacher, would you, would you write down your your understandings, your wisdom for us, that we, you know, that I could practice this, as I can learn this. And because of his sincerity and genuineness, Lao Tzu did. He sat down and he wrote this book, the, the Tao Te Ching, which is 88 verses of this wisdom, of this understanding of, of the Tao. The Tao is this, you know, we've been talking a lot in the last couple shows about the quantum field and the quantum world. Well, that was how, you know, what they identified as this field, this force that was all around us, that nurtured, that cared, that, that gave us the life, that gave us balance in nature and harmony. And the ultimate purpose of the Tao wasn't to, you know, it was to provide us with wisdom and insights that we can apply to our life. And if we just read the words uh, and don't apply the principles, uh, then, as Lao Tzu said, it's a dead book. It's written by dead men, and it, it, these are things that must be lived. And he said that this wisdom was more ancient than him, and this book was written down in 2,500 years ago. And he said that it was, it was back another at least 2,500 years, to about 4,700 years ago from these ancient masters that he was just relaying this information to and had just distilled it. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to read you the first passage in the Tao Te Ching. The Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The nameless is the origin of heaven and earth. The named is the mother of myriad things. Thus, constantly without desire, one observes its essence. Constantly with desire, one observes its manifestations. These two emerge together but differ in name. The unity is said to be the mystery. Mystery of mysteries, the door to all wonders. And here it is, is this outer appearance, you know, the physical world and the inner experience, this mystery of these two worlds colliding or coming together, all part of the Tao. And, you know, it, it is something that I have, uh, I have a deep passion for, and I think it enhances and augments whatever religious tradition you, you come from. But one of the things I, 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 I want to know, and I hope you also, is how does this all relate to the healing power of Qigong and Tai Chi and some of the martial arts? Well, we're going to find out. So let me introduce to you our guests. Sharon Rose is the director-producer of the forthcoming documentary series, Quantum Chi, The Taoist Art of Nurturing Life, an expansive and groundbreaking series now in production.
featuring numerous well-known Qijong and Tai Chi masters, TCM practitioners, teachers, and scholars. And for the second year in a row, she is the producer and host of the Qijong Global Summit for the Shift Network. And Dr. Roger Janke has dedicated his professional life to sharing the powerful ancient healing traditions of China. He is the director and chief instructor of the Institute of Integral Qijong and Tai Chi in Santa Barbara, California, and the co-founder and recent chairperson of the board of the National Qijong Association. With almost 30 years of clinical practice as a physician of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, and eight research tours to China, Dr. Jenki has emerged as a key spokesperson for Tai Chi and Qijong, and is a master teacher of these arts. He has studied hundreds of forms of Qijong with master teachers and visited numerous hospitals, institutes, training centers, temples, and sacred sites in China, focusing on the cultivation of qi. They also have done numerous trainings with the VA medical centers. For all of my the veterans and uh, active duty military uh, personnel, this is important. They've done so many trainings with the VA, the medical centers, and also trained many vets active duty soldiers and first responders. Without further ado, I would love to welcome both Sharon and Roger. Thank you both for being on the show. Welcome. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, if I would love to, uh, for Sharon first to begin, could you just share a little bit about your history and your background and how this documentary film project, The Quantum Chi, The Taoist Art of Nurturing Life, came about? Well, from very young, I was immersed in the arts, in dance, in music, in theater. And I learned, I think it was nine years old when they sent the, the acting teacher sent us to the mall and said, just look at everybody. This was our assignment. Sit there and look at people, how they move, the expressions on their faces, you know, the how their bodies expand and contract the little kind of gestures they do. And that's when I started to learn how to look at energy mm-hmm. and look at people and want to help them. And so through many years of, let's say I started filmmaking in 78. Uh, I was a classical dancer with Fulbright Senior Research Fellowship to India. Mm-hmm. And let's see, we started our company, Sacred Mysteries Productions uh, 20 years ago my husband Jay Widener and I, and have made over 20 documentaries in the fields of healing and ancient civilizations. And then three years ago, I decided to do a a series about uh, what we would call the light body, the luminous energy body that surrounds and informs us. And I wanted to interview Mata Chia, who's a very famous Qigong master. And so I went to this uh, center called Eastover in Western Massachusetts uh, to interview him for the film, but there were like 12 Qigong and Tai Chi masters there. So the owner, Ying, said to me, well, you're here, just interview any, everybody. And that's when it began. And that's when I met Roger. Mm-hmm. And he came on then as an associate producer for Quantum Chi. It started, I thought I was going to do a little documentary, <laughs> but the 
oh, the depth of the Tao, the depth of knowledge and wisdom. And it's just so important right now as we're going through these very strange and uh, divisive and you all know times in this world, all over the world. And so it was so clear to me also because I had been studying healing, craniosacral therapy and Feldenkrais and other techniques. And this seemed to combine everything, the intellectual, the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, and it gave the sense of grace and balance and harmony that you know I'd have glimpses of, but not in this incredibly beautiful package mm -hmm. where you're moving and you're meditating and you're helping to heal yourself. What I love about Qigong is that it gives you the tools to heal yourself. It's a really amazing preventative tool for healing, which we very much need here in the West. Oh my gosh. Rather than yeah. waiting until we get sick, you know, we're going to prevent it. And, and it makes you feel so good. Yeah. And also, there are techniques for every age. So if you're a child, it will just make you feel so good. If you're a, an elder who's just lying in bed, you can do Qigong. Wow. That's amazing. And, you, and I think, you know, we're going to talk here in a little bit about how the power and how to learn how to be able to take that chi force and to be able to do some self-healing. But Roger, I'd like to bring you in on the conversation and just kind of let you ask you, you know, how did you get into, I mean, we were, you're 30 years of clinical practice and uh, the uh, chairperson of the board of the National Qijong Association. How did you yourself, sir, uh, find yourself doing all of these ancient Chinese uh, practices, this traditional Chinese medicine? Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, you know, I'm from a place called Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, I don't think I ever really saw a Chinese person until I went to college. Uh, and um, so, and, and I have no Chinese genes, so it is a, it's a kind of a mystery for how things happen, but then everyone who's listening, I'm sure has had the experience about how mysterious how things happen is. Um, I'll give a super brief history by saying that um, before, uh, as, as a child, I always wanted to be a baseball player. Cincinnati Reds were excellent team at the time, and um, my dad died when I was around eight years old, and uh, it sort of had that effect, whatever that might be, uh, but one of the things that I know for sure is that I stopped saying that I wanted to be a baseball player when I grew up, and I started saying that I wanted to be a doctor, and when I went to medical school, I got depressed because nobody was interested in health. The only thing that was uh, happening, and, and the, the, the teachers would say this, uh, we're not really that informed about health. Our job is to diagnose and treat disease. Mm -hmm. uh, and I found that, uh, uh, I don't know, distressing. And right, right around that same time, I, so I dropped out of medical, pre-medical school. I grew my hair, 1967 we're talking about here, I grew my hair down to the sidewalk and if I may say, I did a lot of deep breathing. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you can imagine what I mean. And I also hitchhiked to California 
And, and all of that really conspired to um, leverage me into next phases. By circumstance, I ended up living in Hawaii, which was a fantastic experience. And there's a lot of Chinese people in Hawaii and some fantastic Chinese medical schools there. The school that I went to is very traditional Taoist and goes right back just in very, very deep connection with the Lao Tzu material from the Tao Te Ching, as you were quoting earlier. And the thing that really got my attention was when we were learning herbal medicine and massage and acupuncture and so forth, but we were also learning Kung Fu, Tai Chi, Qi Gong. And we were also learning nourishment, hydration, rest, relationships, uh, philosophy, nature. And so it was just a totally comprehensive, one single package with all of that incredibly rich information in it. And um, I'll just wrap up by saying, I kind of got tired of doing clinical medicine because Chinese medicine is really based on the doctor being a teacher and so I was teaching Qigong and Tai Chi and some Kung Fu. And then I realized if I would train teachers, and, and right now I want to just say to everybody who's listening, consider becoming a Tai Chi or Qigong teacher. Why? Well, because we need thousands of people to be able to carry the message of personal empowerment and the, the, the right and capacity that we have to both calm down and power up. So I, 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 I sort of stopped, my, definitively stopped my cl clinical practice mm -hmm. and uh, teaching teachers, training teachers. And there's this mythology that says that when you get older, you should do more gentle practices. Mm -hmm. But I, I just want to testify that uh, as, as a person who's uh, 72 years old, I'm more interested in Kung Fu today than I ever was. So. Just so you say, there's some probably over 50, over 60 people out there and they're thinking, oh yeah, well I should slow down. And I'm thinking, no, don't slow down. Yeah. Get engaged, move around, do stuff. And you know, one of the best ways to do it is I, you know, I, I agree. I'm, uh, I've been practicing yoga for the last, um, oh gosh, 18, 19 years. And the movement of my body, I, you know, I'm so glad I started doing some kind of a practice of, of movement because my body, as we get older, you, you start losing some of that, that flexibility and that sense of being able to, you know, uh, have free movement, you know, the movement. And so, uh, you know, I would encourage, but hopefully like people like my mom is listening right now that she can do some of this stuff because she's, she's 72. Um, what is Qijong and, and Tai Chi? Because a lot of people may be listening and this may not be very foreign to them. So, Sherry, could you tell us a little bit what it is and, you know, what is this chi force that we're talking about? What is it exactly and, and how, does it, how do we learn how to master this? Well, I will tell you about Qigong and then I'll let Roger talk about Tai Chi. Perfect, perfect. Chi is life force energy. Sometimes it's called bioelectricity. Sometimes it's called plasma. It is everywhere in everything and in every being. 
it's really what pervades us, what informs us, what brings us light and life and beauty and grace and joy. Chi. You can feel it. Like all you have to do is like rub your hands together, right? Clap them, rub them together and just move them apart and back. And you feel that energy. You feel that energy between them. It's almost like sometimes like taffy. <laughs> that is chi. And in Qigong, what I, I think is so beautiful about Qigong, we learn to understand the chi flow through our bodies. We learn to gather chi and to regulate the chi and bring it into our organs and into our different systems. And it gives us these just incredible tools uh, for, as I've said, self-healing mm -hmm. and for empowerment on so many levels. To me, Qigong, you're, you're learning about your body, not just the physical body, but the relationship between the physical and the emotional body. So the unseen, we call that body, right? the emotional body and the mental body, and of course, as you spoke in the beginning, the soul or spirit. Mm -hmm. And so you also learn how these different bodies affect each other. Mm -hmm. How do the thoughts affect the emotions? How do the emotions affect the physical body? Mm -hmm. And it's just this incredible teaching, you know, compendium of practices, which are there to speak to, as I said before, all levels, all ages. To me, having worked in this for now three years and distilling the wisdom of around 30 masters, mm -hmm. It seems to me that Qigong, when you learn that, it's the foundational practice for both Tai Chi and Kung Fu, or call, also called Wushu. And so you're learning in Qigong to understand your body, your bodies, your own, and take care of those. And then when you get to Tai Chi, you're, you continue with that, but you're also beginning to learn how to work with other people's energies mm, mm. in a very graceful, fluid way, in the, very similar to Qigong, but more active. Mm -hmm. And then you get to uh, Kung Fu or Wushu, and then you're really channeling that energy. But that Qi, that energy that you're working with in all these forms, yeah. that the best use of that is for healing. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. I, you know, this, I'm learning so much. This is uh, And Roger, could you go expand just a little bit here about Tai Chi, uh, just a little bit, you know, so that people can get a grasp of this and understand it more fundamentally and more, more, more of its essence? Qigong uh, is ancient beyond uh, recorded history. We have no idea when that began. Tai Chi is a concept like this circle back here uh, with the blue and the red coming together, sometimes called the yin-yang mm -hmm. sign or symbol. Uh, the Chinese word for that is Tai Chi. So mm -hmm. that Tai Chi concept has been in the Chinese language since before written history. Um, the activity, uh, the human activity of Tai Chi, which is named after that, is uh, 
uh, a mind-body practice and also a kind of kung fu mm -hmm. that is, uh, uh, it, it takes all the principles of qigong and all the principles of uh, the, the uh, conflict and battle management, management of self in battle and, and uh, both, uh, you know, aggressing and also protecting. Mm -hmm. uh, so the yin and the yang of, 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 of Tai Chi is that it's neither very fast nor very slow, and it is neither very aggressive nor very retreating. It takes the center as that kind of, ener those energies spin and create a center. The Tai Chiist, uh, whether they're meditating or reducing stress or maximizing flexibility or uh, enhancing functionality or uh, participating in a uh, conflict are always intended to settle into this transcendental center where no matter what happens, one cannot be harmed. Uh, fear is set aside and a, a great power of courage arises, but that courage doesn't necessarily mean go forward. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean go back. It means be ready to go forward and go back. Mm -hmm. Be ready to make peace and make war. And you know, there, one more thing I'll say is that Qigong is typically very soothing for the autonomic nervous system. Mm. Whereas Tai Chi, while it has the capacity to soothe the nervous system, is mostly uh, focused on coordination. And so that has to do with the brain and brain plasticity. Mm -hmm. So with, with the combination of Qigong, which is very tilted toward the meditative side, mm -hmm. and Tai Chi, which tilts more toward the active side, you get both uh, autonomic nervous system harmonizing, uh, homeostatic capacity, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. and as well, brain plasticity maximization. So the two together are this immensely powerful package of methodologies for body, mind, and spirit that pretty much anybody can do. Is it, uh, you know, I, and that's... Uh, when I think about uh, some of the martial arts that we know about, uh, you know, and you mentioned some uh, kung fu here, and this sense of, you know, it, it is the sense of martial, of being able to protect and defend yourself. You know, it, how does the chi that is used as you're talking for this to heal the autonomic nervous system, to expand our neuroplasticity in our brain, it, it, does a chi that is required to deliver a punch or a kick also help us to, to connect to some kind of self-healing as well that we're engaged in? Roger? Uh, yeah, I'm going to assume you're directing that. Yes, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I was just think, asking no, in the middle of okay. it. Yeah. Uh, chi is this very almost nearly impossible thing to describe because it becomes what it is in. Mm. So um, uh, if you think about dark matter in the universe, it's pervasive, it's everywhere. It's in every time, it's in every location, and it is in every universe in the multiverse. We, mm -hmm. we now know, of course, that for quantum physics to calculate correctly, you have to have more than one universe. So when we talk about chi, it is pervasive everywhere. And then it expresses 
as it is uh, wherever it shows up. Mm -hmm. and, and so with, with planets going around the sun, it's expressing as planets going around the sun. Mm. Uh, with green plant over here, it's the chi expressing itself as a green plant. Mm. In myself, it's me uh, being the host for the presentation of what chi looks like in a person. Mm -hmm. So when this person has the intent to either uh, defend or you know, offend, they're both presences of that chi and mm -hmm. mobilization of that chi. So that mm -hmm. very same chi is uh, what I would use to bring my attention to writing poetry mm -hmm. at the same time as balancing my checkbook, yeah. at the same time as healing myself, mm -hmm. or at the same time as engaging with someone else in a healing sort of way. Well, and, and uh, you know, I think of, uh, you know, uh, we just recently had a guest that came on. We talked about the, the Bushido code and the warrior code and how, this, you know, the samurais, when we were talking about the samurais, they're engaged in that sense of uh, martial conflict, but they also had this understanding that they needed to have this creative and spiritual side. They actually morphed into this sense of, you know, that, that spiritual warrior. And I figure, you know, I think it's important for us to understand how to defend ourselves and protect ourselves. Uh, but at the same time, to carry that wisdom and understand the chi force that is active inside of us. And I personally think that that's the way of the warrior. And Shannon, uh, Sharon, could you please tell us, you know, um, this uh, way of the warrior, we're going to be watching a clip from your, your documentary here. And this idea of being able to stay in that understanding of our own power and to use it wisely have we failed in our modern society today to live up to some of these principles of the way of the warrior? And if so, can these be rectified? Well, this is the very reason I'm so excited and putting so much of my, my own chi into the creation of this series. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, there are many people that are, we could say, waking up to the beauty of these arts mm -hmm. and and really starting to understand what it means to be centered in the midst of chaos mm -hmm. to really feel that you can you can learn this from yoga you can learn this from from buddhism you can learn this from many different traditions but somehow the taoist just has this beautiful way of bringing this forth and so when we look around today you know, it's it's a very chaotic time, mm -hmm. and fear is being projected on us so much. And so, what can we do? We can learn to find that center. And these arts, qigong and tai chi and wushu martial arts, yeah. you know, they were warrior arts. Yeah. They were created to help people protect themselves, protect their families, uh, etc. But yet it took so much deeper because what you're learning is not just you know how to physically protect yourself, but how to <clears throat> emotionally protect yourself. So mm -hmm. I like to talk about the fact that today climate change is a huge, a huge thing going on. You know, yeah. we're very concerned. But what about emotional climate change? Yeah. What if we could use these qigong, tai chi 
Kung Fu teachings to learn how to find that balance in ourselves, to find that center, to be in touch with the soul that, that the Tao spoke about in, in what you read in the beginning. What if we could do that and calm down our uh, emotional traumas, our emotional traumas, yeah. and really begin to act from that clear centered space. You know, I've worked with, um, we made a film called The Last Avatar, and we uh, invited some people from the military to come in and be soldiers in the film, and I was so impressed with their ability to stay centered and yeah. grounded yes. and just be present you know, the actors, they were all kind of out to lunch. <laughs> drama. <laughs> right, there's drama. Guys, yeah, right. They just, you know, they just sat there, they waved, they were so polite. I love that. Yeah. They were so polite. And then when they were, you know, it was time to be on camera, they were great. <laughs> so I think that these teachings, well, they have been, they've been military arts yeah. forever, but bringing the Qigong aspect in uh, to bring on that sense of self-healing. Mm -hmm. on all these and, and looking at how your thoughts affect your emotions mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that's a very interesting thing so I think it will bring just a new sense of grace and harmony yes. to all of us and I think that would be a tremendous benefit to the world and that's why I'm working so hard on this series. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, and you know, that's, uh, I love how you try to bring grace and balance and harmony back to this world. And I want to show everyone here really quick a clip. Uh, we have a clip now from her documentary, and we're going to switch over here to that. So, uh, Henry, whenever you're ready, we're going to go ahead and switch the source and move and press. And now we're going to play really quick uh, the clip from her film. Delivering power in the punch 
is not that different from what is required to move chi within the body for self-healing. When you exhaust your chi from doing fast physical activity as one might in martial arts, you need the qigong to bring everything down, to settle the energy, to come back into repair mode. So through practice, you feel in your heart and your whole body full of love, full of chi. All of the history of the martial arts, it came out of the need to protect oneself, to protect your property, your family from being abused by someone else who was overpowering your forces. If it's a threat of someone harming you, the best thing is to try to avoid it. But if your life is at threat, you need to know how to save your life. There is a physical protection, there's a mental protection, and there's a spiritual protection. Most of us in modern life don't have aggressors attacking us. Most of our martial battles are emotional, are against stress, finances, money, our own internal voices in our heads. So how do we stay protected against those attacks? The best way to protect yourself in a martial situation is to master relaxation and presence. Then it's very difficult for somebody to harm you. To be a quantum warrior, a warrior of the Tao, we have to be brave enough to enter into unknown parts of ourselves and to bring forth the places of power and the places of shadows that we can transform into light. The essence of martial arts is not to be aggressive. It is to be secure in yourself so you don't have to accept the challenges of others. Martial arts, Tai Chi. Qigong. When you start dealing with energy, you want to know, oh, can I hurt somebody? When you expand and grow and love, can I help somebody? Can I heal somebody? Wow, Sharon, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh my goodness, I just, it's, uh, there's such a, a healing power that comes, uh, emanates from that, that, even that short clip. And you can feel the, the sincerity and genuineness and the openness of the people who are, 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 are the masters and you can feel it uh, uh, emanate. Um, and I believe you say that some of your major themes in this project is to explore the impact as well of, the, of trauma on our physical and subtle energy systems. Could you describe your insight into these traumatic experiences and how to discover this gift which lies at the root of, of every challenge? All of us, we're human beings on this planet at this time. Yeah. And so many of us, starting in early childhood, experience traumatic things, whether it's an accident, whether it's a parent screaming at us. And what happens, from all the research I've done over many years, what happens is that you, it, it 
like comes into your body and forms this uh, kind of etheric uh, emotional wound. Mm -hmm. So for many women, that happens, takes place in the solar plexus. And then um, it seems to be like there's a part of you, it becomes part of your personality and you're always kind of looking to reinforce it. That, to, oh yes, that's, that's, I'm bad. You know, my mother said I was bad and I'm gonna have this happen and make sure that, you know, that I see, I see it happening and this protective thing uh, will just go on and on and on and then all of a sudden years later you start to feel achiness and, and anxiety in your stomach and um, so trauma can do that but <laughs> as we expand and grow and love as Master Li Yunfeng is saying in yeah. the film you know and as we really look inward we start to see that we don't need these traumas yeah. and we don't need all of this conditioning from whatever, from the TV, from our parents, from the schools, that we're much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And so in every trauma that happens, um, there is this gift where one learns about the trauma, one learns about oneself, mm -hmm. one learns how to release that trauma from your, from your, physical, from your emotional, from your spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, the true gift is that you've had the direct experience of healing yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can really be a role model for others. I know many women that have experienced, you know, sexual abuse. And there is, if you really are not afraid to look into it and to see that in, in a number of cases, it was love, but really distorted. Mm -hmm. It was desire, but really distorted. Mm -hmm. And then you start to just see the other person because you're now centered. You start to see the other person and see their sadness and their pain. And perhaps, you know, they were abused and they just carried it on. So these traumas give us this these kind of mechanisms for growth in ourselves mm -hmm. so that we can heal and then we can help others. Well, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful, Sharon. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm so uh, affected by the film and, and the, the message behind it. And, and Roger, I want to bring you in now because uh, you were, you were uh, outstanding in your movie and what you were in the film. And I want to just want to kind of carry forward a little bit what Sharon was talking about, how this, how we can work through those those elements of those traumas and those shadows, and how you've been doing this for so long. How does, how does that stuff come up, and then how does this, when it does come up, how can we not become overwhelmed by it? How do we move through it and you and by, by the chief force that we're activating within us to move through that emotional and physical and, and spiritual pain that we're in? Yeah, good. it's a beautiful question. It's deep, deep, rich, powerful, and to a certain extent distressing uh, because we have so many, there's so many layers to how we can describe this. I'll just, I'll just jump in. So <clears throat> the, the, the concept of 
soothing the autonomic nervous system is big. So when we are in a reaction state, or when we are in a state of highly, um, super high readiness, uh, we're, we're not really the person that sits at the dinner table or who enters into an, a relationship with a person through the dialogue about our favorite things, our pets, our hobbies, our, uh, our family, and so forth. And, and this highly um, alert state can get locked into the system and it becomes habituated. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, this is caused by lots of things, just living around certain people in certain ways can be one of them, but then s- really a sudden um, unexpected assaults, whether they're uh, assaults from other people or whether they're assaults from you know exploding devices mm-hmm. or whether they're just a constant barrage of the uh, bad news and deception and greed that we're surrounded with. Mm-hmm. All of these are have traumatizing influences and they can all become embedded and habituated into the uh, into our our uh, reactive self or our responsive self. And when I say the difference between reaction and response, response means a considered and cultivated uh, action, and reaction is a sudden, um, spontaneous, and non-considered uh, action. Because if we're ready, we don't have to consider. Just duck and cover as much as possible or run as fast as we can because survival is right up at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. So in the, the paradigm of all of this, the worldview of uh, Chinese medicine, you men- mentioned the samurai earlier, mm-hmm. ninja, you could say. You could also say kung fuist, mm-hmm. uh, a Chinese warrior, uh, any kind of indigenous culture warriors. So that mm-hmm. would include shamanic warriors and uh, Native American warriors. All of these uh, players, uh, if they're lucky, are trained in how to be responsive, even under fire, to be not reactive, but responsive, even under fire. And so when we talk about uh, the military and first responders and so forth, there's a lot of training that goes into something like that, although it doesn't usually sit under the beautiful umbrella of So, as Sharon was saying, the more cultivated we become, the less attached to the person that we think we are, we become. Mm -hmm. And so, think Mm. of the samurai who is actually able to respond without fear, without caring. How do you get to the point where you don't care? Well, you have to be able to put the survival instinct Mm -hmm. in place. survival instinct becomes a part of something bigger. And so everybody from a soldier who's experiencing PTSD to the, um, you know, to the, to women who have been assaulted by any, anybody that you want to think about that who could assault them, as we cultivate the capacity to understand that what we think we are is so much less than what we really are and make contact 
Sharon said a moment ago, what happens is that uh, the ability to disassociate from the idea that we've been assaulted or uh, to disassociate from the habituation becomes a part of the practice. Mm -hmm. And all of this, by the way, goes back to something that everybody gets uh, kind of nervous about, which is discipline. Mm -hmm. We have to want it. The intention has to be there, and then to fulfill the intention, we have to actually confront the fact that that self uh, cultivating self discipline is going to be the root of power. Yeah. And as we rise up in power and pr and presence, and understand that this moment is not that moment, mm -hmm. and then disassociate from the fact that we we are who we think we are. And become more of this of the true essential self, which you read about at the beginning of the program when we talked about the relationship between what looks to be true and what is essentially true. Yes. And these are all part of Kung Fu, Qi Kung, Tai Chi, Yoga as well. And and so then finally what happens is that the person who's who's experiencing that trauma reactiveness gets to answer one question. And that is, am I willing to, to put it aside that I was a victim? Yeah. And as soon as I become the person who I am rather than the person that I ever was, and I lay aside the, the fact that I'm a victim, my courage rises, my fearlessness presents itself. Yes. And um, that's a little bit, I think, about how this whole thing works and of course the chi is infusing all of it yes uh, and, and i love how you <clears throat> brought up the idea that in order for us to move through some of those the traumas is we have to get past that victim part and it's and, and that's that power it's esteeming yourself it's empowering yourself and when you get down to the essence of who you are and what it what is at your core that can never be truly damaged and you start coming from that fount of, of letting go and sloughing off the things that are no longer you, that is not you, and coming into the power that is within you. And that movement, you know, because the trauma, but the body keeps the score with trauma, you know, and it can get locked up in those things. And if you're not able to move that stuff out, just working on your, on your mind aspect of it is not going to be able to, to clean that out. You've got to use the mind-body-spirit thing and that's what Tai Chi and Ki Jong offer and Kung Fu and, and some of these other forms. And I think that's so brilliant the way you described it, sir. Um, we are coming close to the end here, guys. Roger, I believe that you have a, an exercise for us here at the council. And if you would be so, you know, would honor us in, uh, so much if you could go ahead and share uh, in these last few moments here, uh, just a sample of your teachings with us here on uh, on the council. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be honored to do so. Let me just move this microphone a little bit. So there are thousands of these practices, and um, we're just going to do one. And so then how do we make that choice? And so let's just get started. Um, if you want to stand, please stand. If you want to... Um, Remain seated, uh, move yourself to the front of your chair so that you're not too encumbered by the arms of the chair. And we're gonna do uh, a gesture which is 
classic. It's called Hands Like Clouds. Hands Like Clouds. And as we do this practice, I will lead you through some thoughts uh, because the mind and the body connect in a very special way in the present moment. So we're not going to be thinking about the past or anything that happened there. We're not going to be thinking about the future or anything that might happen there. We're just right now, in fact, let's start by putting right hand and left hand out. Put your past in one hand and your future in the other. Bring your hands together as if to say, I'm pouring out everything about my past and I'm pouring out everything about my future and I'm bringing my attention into the present moment. Then hands here. One hand comes down across the front and sweeps to the other side. Now the bottom hand rises and the top hand falls. Then turn your body and move your hands to the other side. Raise the bottom hand up, lower the top hand down, back the other way. These hands are like clouds. Now the first thing that we want to think about is that when the clouds are not up there, but the clouds are here, mm -hmm. where in the world might we be? And the answer is in the mountains, like this. What happens when we go to the mountains? We, we cannot get a cell signal. You can't take your car there. You get so high into the mountains that the clouds are in front of you and the concerns and considerations of our usual life fall away. We become inspired by the radical presence of nature. Now imagine you're, you're in a hospital doing this practice, but you're not in a hospital doing this practice. You're in the mountains above the clouds. And as you're walking along among the clouds, you can think about deepening your breath. So let's link the breath now by right now, inhale, hand rise, hand fall, inhale. Now, big, long, slow exhalation. Breath in. Big, long, slow exhalation. We're basically, we're putting ourselves into a present moment trance. And the promise is that we're harmonizing the function of the nervous system. We're meditating and doing a, a movement at the same time. These movements can go much slower they can also go much faster. We're choosing one in the middle. So we're meditating, we're moving, we're harmonizing the nervous system. Now when you take deep breaths, you're having an influence on the uh, lymphatic system. And maybe you've heard of people going on a detox or on a cleanse. How can we cleanse ourselves? Well, accelerate the lymph because it's the 
elimination system. One more thing about this practice, and you know, when we get back to the conversation, people at home, you could just continue going. The longer you do this kind of thing, the longer your nervous system is disassociating from the past and the future. But watch the top hand, watch the top hand and look closely at the lines on your hand. Then when this hand goes down, look at something at a distance. Watch your hand close, then when your hand goes down before this hand comes up, see something at a distance. Then now we're doing an eye exercise. Looking close and looking far is an eye exercise. Now, because we want to you know, use our time wisely, we're going to conclude, but let's just do one more thing, which is when this cloud gets to the center, cross hands. Open your hands near your face and come really close and be very, very relaxed. Move your hands closer and further away, slowly. Move your hands in circles, slowly. So you're going closer, further, circle, circle. Bring your hands by your ears. Bring your hands over the top of your head. Bring your hands in front of your eyes. Now press your hands down and think to yourself, I'm on purpose with intention. I'm having an influence on my thyroid gland, my heart, my lungs, and my thymus gland, my kidneys, my liver, my spleen, pancreas, my large and small intestine. Now we're going to close. Closing goes like this. Gather from around you as if you're gathering some kind of precious healing resource. Bathe yourself one more time. Allow your hands to come to rest in your lap and take two very deep breaths, slow and deep and relaxed. Notice what you're feeling. One more breath and then back to you, Charlie. Whenever you're ready. Wow, Roger, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I've, I feel so uh, alive and uh, the, the, the shine in my eye. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm. I could. I could do just about anything right now. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, you feel alive and you feel a little high. Yeah, I feel. A and, where and, did that come from? You know, like yeah. <laughs> what's next? You know, what's let's next? go. Yeah. You want to relax and calm down? Calm down. You want to yeah. power up and go? Dig a hole, drive a car, go fast, meet people. You know, it's just like. Yeah. I feel so like. 
grounded in here. I feel so, like I'm so present right here in my body in a way that just in that simple exercise really, really animated in me. That's fantastic. Really fantastic. Roger, thank you. Sharon, uh, I want to get you over here at the close of the show. I can't believe this went so fast. Um, I want to bring you in and just allow people to be able to know um, about the Quantum series and how they can be able to support the film and where they can go to help you and, and to donate and anything the, like that for the, for the audience that's listening in. Well, you know, making a film series is pretty, as an independent, is a pretty daunting task. So uh, we have been, we have a crowdfunder going on. The best way to get, and there's lots of exercises. I think one specifically from um, Dr. Yonka that, that you can get for, you know, there's different uh, perks, they're called, at different prices. So I encourage you all to go to our website quantumchimovie.com so that's q-u-a-n-t-u-m-q-i movie.com and that will lead you to the crowdfunder and aside from that then you can also read you'll see uh, like three different trailers and you can read about all the different teachers and if you want to contact Dr. Yonka you click on him then you know his his connection his links will be there at the bottom of his uh, biography. So I'm just, you can see all of you, and I'm so grateful to you, Charlie, for this show. Um, I think we've given you a little taste of the beauty of this and how it will help people. So I'm just reaching out to you with it, and please, if you feel called, help us yes yes it's uh thank you yes it's uh it, if you feel called folks please help them out uh any donation anything will will, will help to benefit and you can see just in this mo little practice and the video clip the power behind it it's it's subtle but it's so powerful i mean i'm still buzzing from it here and having to try to keep my my thought but it's i feel so alive and this is something that can benefit so many people around the world um because it's we're all connected to it we're all connected to the chi it's alive around us in us within us around us above us below us everything and uh, so please go to the quantum chi uh, movie.com right sharon right is that correct yep yes quantum chi movie.com Really quickly, both of you, first with Sharon and then Roger, I always, before I close the show out, ask every one of my guests, uh, and Roger, if you also want to add when it's your turn, where, how people can get in touch with you, um, but if you could each give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. Thank you so much. Roger? Uh, yeah, so first I just want to say thank you to you, Charlie, of course, and, and then to 
soldiers and former military and um, first responders, thank you for all that you uh, contribute to our society. And then I want to thank Sharon uh, for the work that she's doing with this Quantum Chi project. And I really encourage everyone to uh, take a peek at quantumchimovie.com and um, you'll see that there's a lot there without you giving any anything to any kind of a contribution. There's just a lot of stimulating information mm -hmm. yes. that's present there for you. Uh, and then there's a whole array of different um, levels of contribution that go all the way down to very little money. So uh, consider, of course, good money burning a hole in your pocket or you feel inspired about what, what this is all about, then scroll down to the higher levels of contribution. But um, try to find it in your heart to, uh, to make a little contribution at least because it's a very powerful, powerful uh, program. And the, the wider we can reach, the wider we can reach. And, you know, with peace and harmony and health and well-being and stress elimination and all the things that, I mean, did you just think of it as you're listening to all that we're saying? Yeah, I want that. Yeah, give me some of that. I'll, I'll take some of that, too. Oh, my gosh, you know, I can sleep better. Yes, I need that one for sure. Uh, I can have more energy. I got to have that. You know, just give me all of it. Um, it, it it's, there's so much available. Go to YouTube and just put in the, the word Qigong. Put in the word Tai Chi. You'll be there for days yeah. and see so many different varieties of all of this. Now, how to contact me. The, the website is very simple. Uh, Institute of Integral Qigong and Tai Chi is the long way. The short way is IIQTC. IIQTC.org. I'll say it one more time. IIQTC.org. Then, uh, you know, words of wisdom to depart by, um, you know, Yourself, and I think the, the pathway to self-loving is self-forgiving. Yeah. And one of my favorite, favorite ideas is that find this is this is this is a uh, command. Uh, if you're open to it, find a philosophy, develop it with you in your own self. Mm -hmm. Don't don't worry about reading books about philosophy. That doesn't make any sense. Make up a philosophy. Arrive at a philosophy that relieves you of all that you carry that probably is not, not yours. Mm -hmm. The victim, the shame, the blame, you know, all of that stuff. Find a philosophy that makes you feel at peace. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows where we are in the universe. Nobody knows what the actual truth is. Mm -hmm. Everybody's making it up. <laughs> So I invite you to make up your own personal truth that frees you from everything, every weight that you carry. Consider the possibility that that's allowed, legal, and even um, uh, uh, reasonable. Back to you, Charlie, and thank you, everyone, so much. This has been fun. <laughs> thank you, Roger. I think that's... Fabulous advice, and I love it. Thank you both so much for honoring the council uh, and being on our show. It's just been a, a, a real privilege uh, to have both of you on. Thank you. I love your work. Awesome.
Um, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. I know we're a little bit late. We went a little bit past uh, you, we normally do, but thank you for tuning in to the council. We're going to be back on in two weeks. We've got some great guests lined up in December. We've got Amber Ryan. We've got uh, Dr. Eliza and, uh, and some veteran rights groups that we're going to be coming on and celebrating uh, this coming holiday season. And they've got some tremendous, tremendous information for you. Folks, thank you so much. The council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. We'll see you in two weeks. God bless.